Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray you are well, that you had a wonderful weekend, and that you celebrated a very solemn Christ the King um, Mass yesterday in the extraordinary form. Um, I know in the Novus Ordo it's the last Sunday of the year prior to Advent, prior to the beginning of the new liturgical year, but um, um, it, it has been since its uh, institution uh, by uh, Pope Pius XI, I believe. Uh, He established it to be the last Sunday of October, just before um, the uh, Feast of All Saints and All Souls. How it got changed to the last Sunday of the year, I don't know. I haven't looked that up, but it is still the last Sunday of October. Um, in the extraordinary form and we had a beautiful mass yesterday at a procession for Christ the King very 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 beautiful I hope many of you were able to uh, partake of that Um, let me just see something here I think I lost Um, uh, Father George Rutler um, a while back I don't know what year let me see if I could see I don't see the date but he wrote a beautiful note on the solemnity of Christ the King. And you know, in America, we know very little of anything about kingship. We're under a democracy, we're under pluralism, we're under everybody does his own thing. So we don't understand being subjects of the king. We say Christ the King, we celebrate him, but we live very differently. And Father Rutler points out that the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, is a rather modern celebration. Pope Pius XI added it to the liturgical calendar in 1925, inspired to contradict the growing um, uh, statism of communist and fascist movements that would give the civil authority preeminence over all human affairs. Eight decades ago, in Germany, Bishop Johannes Schmidt preached on the Feast of Christ the King against the neo-pagan attempt to the National Socialists to replace the spiritual realm of the Church with a new social order based on racism and national interests. We're going back to that today, beloved. But Christ is King. We don't make him King. He is King. The Vatican Radio broadcast his magnificent sermon to Germany uh, in German, including his comment that no state has a right to rewrite reality. Quote, twice two makes four, whether you are a Japanese, a German, or an Eskimo. There is a truth common to all mankind, and every nation is but a different incarnation of the same truth about man. End quote. 
Father Rutler says there are influences in our culture today that want Christ to abdicate his throne by having the church abandon the truths of the faith. Our current president and uh, so-called Catholic administrators uh, fit that. Um, They want Christ to abdicate his throne by having the church abandon the truths of the faith, but it cannot. There are also bolder attempts to overturn Christ's kingship through judicial arrogance. Today you could read their opinions in the newspapers as they say, we have no king but Caesar. It is a repetition of the moral arrogance that Pope Pius XI addressed when governments attacked the sanctity of life through eugenics and social engineering. Then as now, marriage was in the cross for if Caesar is to rule reality, he must be allowed to subvert natural law. This includes redefining marriage, the very core of civilization, an indissoluble bond between a man and a woman. It is significant that Pope Alexander III, who canonized St. Thomas Becket, that defender of Christ the King against an earthly ruler, also issued some 400 decretals on the sanctity of marriage. Later attempts of the secretly married Protestant Archbishop Cranmer to permit a system of divorce were not sanctioned for three centuries um, in English civil law. Even then, Lord Russell of Killowen lamented, quote, what was once a holy estate enduring for the joint lives of the spouses is steadily assuming the characteristics of a contract for a tenancy at will. Cultural sanctity can only return with obedience to the kingship of Christ. I'm going to repeat that, dear ones. You need to teach that to your children. Yes, they need to obey their parents. Why? Because all of us are to obey Christ as king. Cultural sanity can only return with obedience to the kingship of Christ and no Congress, no Supreme Court or Senate can contradict him without contradicting their own integrity. In 1970, Blessed Paul VI happily changed the Feast of Christ the King to the climatic Sunday of the liturgical year to declare to all the world that our divine sovereign was and is and is to come. On the Solemnity of Christ the King in 1997, St. John Paul II said, quote, His was a shameful death, but it rep- represents a confirmation of the gospel proclamation of the kingdom of God. In the eyes of his enemies, that death should have been proof that all he had said and done was false. He is king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. Come on down, Jesus, if you're king. He did not come down from the cross, but like the good shepherd, he gave his life for the sheep, for his sheep. The confirmation of his royal power, however, came a little later, when on the third day he rose from the dead, revealing himself as the firstborn of the dead. End of quote and end of article from Father George Rutler. Magnificent priest. 
a pastor of St. Michael's in New York City. I've been there. He's written many books. He's a convert to the church from Anglicanism and a very wonderful, holy priest, man of God. Dear ones, tonight is Halloween. It's a contraction. How to be hollow is to, to be made hollow is to be made holy. We say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is, holy be thy name. We don't make it holy. It is holy. To be holy is to be utterly set apart. Halloween is all hallows eve, all holy eve. It's the feast of the saints. And uh, where we live, there's wonderful families we're going to get together with this evening. The children are going to dress up as their favorite saints, not as goblins and everybody else, not as cowboys, but as their favorite saints. And we are going to go on a procession um, chanting to all the saints, the litany of the saints. That's the way to celebrate Halloween, beloved. Do not let your children go door to door asking for candy anymore. You know, our Lord says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or sleep, do all to the glory of God. If your children mimic the world and go knocking on doors, trick or treat, and they're dressed as little goblins or cute little witches or whatever else, they are part of the world. There's no witness to Christianity there. Absolutely none. This is our holy day. Tomorrow is a holy day of obligation. And we celebrate the saints. Um, And so let your children, it's still not too late, let them pick, even if you have an hour before this evening, pick their favorite saints and, and put a sheet over them and put a belt on them or cut it out however you need to. You don't even have to wear a costume. But let them... Uh, identify with the saints. And I know some churches, they meet in the church and the cars park in uh, front ways in kind of a circle or even two lines so that all their trunks face the parking lot. And they put treats, holy, uh, good candy, holy cards, all kinds of things for children. So the children come and they're in their saint uh, outfits and they go from trunk to treat, not (laughs) trick or treat. Um, And they have a wonderful time. You can do that at home. You can do that with neighbors. Uh, You can have an All Hallows Eve party. But don't be a part of this wicked, wicked world. I have read stories of children getting bags of candy and there's razors in them, there's all kinds of things. It it used to be okay. It's not okay anymore, beloved. Not okay anymore. Be in the world and not of it. Teach your children to be set apart when God has called especially an occasion holy. Hallowed. Halloween is All Hallows Eve, and your children should know it. We had no problem growing up as Jewish people, being separated from the world at Christmas at Easter, no matter what the world did. We let the world pass by as happy and wonderful as it looked, and we knew who we are. We celebrated the God that we loved. There's the music. 
for our break, beloved. We'll take your calls, your emails, and your texts as soon as we come back. Please join Father Mark Noonan in praying the Litany of Humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we're going to take your calls, your texts, your emails anytime during the program, but especially after the next break, we'll have the whole half hour to ourselves. And our toll free number is 1 877 511 5483, or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. I'm going to read just a little bit um, during this uh, second quarter of the program, going back to the Catechism Explained. The Council of Trent, explained by Reverend Sparago. Uh, we're on part three, the preaching of the gospel. It's a perfect time in Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, to preach the gospel, as St. Francis of Assisi has said, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. If you send your children door to door in scary, evil costumes, uh, representing the dark world, nothing of God, you are going to be preaching the gospel. You're going to be showing people that you claim to be Catholic, but you're not. You're in the world and of it. You don't want to give that message. If you really trust your neighborhood, 
This is something I just thought of. If you really trust your neighborhood and your wonderful little country area or what your little community, let your children dress up as saints and they need to know what saint they are so they can tell people about it and give them a barrel of candy so they won't miss out. But let them bring candy to others. Take them knock on the door and say, Happy All Hallows Eve, we brought you candy. We brought you a treat. That'll be completely reverse, and it'll shock people. Wait a minute, you're bringing us a treat? Yes, we are. It's from the love of God. Wonderful. It's All Hallows Eve. It's the Eve of All Saints. It'd be a wonderful thing to reverse. The church throughout the centuries has brought grace into pagan festivals how we came on Christmas. It was a pagan festival and we brought brought Christ into it. Easter, same thing. We brought Christ into many of the holy, what are now holy days for us. We brought Christ into the evil of a world without God and sanctified it. Our Lord did the same. Our Lord did the same. Uh, Circumcision for the Jewish people, very, very important. You couldn't be part of the covenant in the old covenant if you weren't circumcised. But that was a pagan ritual prior to Abraham. And God took what was pagan and sanctified it so we could spread grace to the world. Things aren't bad. It's our use of them that is bad or can be bad. Reverend Sparago in the Catechism Explained says, the truths revealed by God to men were by God's, the truths revealed to God by men, I'm I'm sorry, (laughs) reverse, the truths revealed by God to men were by God's command proclaimed to all nations of the earth by the Catholic Church and especially by means of the living word, that is, by preaching. The command to proclaim to all nations of the earth the truths revealed by God was given to the apostles by our Lord at the time of his ascension. Our Lord, before ascending into heaven, spoke to his apostles as follows, quote, and if you are Protestant, you probably have this memorized, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth, going therefore, Teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And behold, I am with you all days, even to the end of the world. End quote. For this reason, the apostles and their successors have never allowed themselves to be prohibited by any earthly authority from preaching the gospel. Nor has the church ever been turned aside from fulfilling her mission of preaching the gospel by the opposition of the world. Even now, in many countries, the state seeks to make the church dependent on her. It's happening here in America. It is in consequence of the command given by our Lord to the apostles that the popes send missionaries to the heathens and issue papal briefs and rescripts to Christendom that bishops send priests throughout their diocese and publish pastoral letters, that parish priests instruct their people by sermons and catechism. While the Catholic Church spreads the word of God by means of preaching, Muslims spread their beliefs with fire and sword, and Protestants by means of the Bible. 
Beloved, there's nothing wrong with spreading the word by means of the Bible. But if you don't understand that the Bible was written by the, through the church, it came to us through the church Christ established, and that the Bible you're preaching is an incomplete Bible, um, you're truncating the gospel. It is not just what's written that God gave. Not just what's written. It is the tradition of the church, the magisterium, the scriptures and tradition, not the tradition of men, but the tradition which Paul talks about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. The tradition uh, which I gave you, either by word of mouth or by written letter. The tradition with a capital T. If you have a beautiful family and your great-grandmother is um, near her final days, and your children, the grandchildren, the children, the parents, everybody get together and they go through the whole family and they, they collect all the letters that she wrote while they were in camp and all the instructions and all the birthday cards sent and everything they could write, as a fa- everything was written as a family. They got it all fantastic work of love and they had it professionally bound and they said grandma this is your family grandma this is our gift to you this is all everyone will ever know or needs to know about your family grandma and she'll take that book and with a tear in her eye she'll say how could i ever thank you for your love this is absolutely beautiful but i have to tell you this isn't this isn't everything about the family this is what was written down it's true it's a treasure but it doesn't have papa's lectures at the fireplace it doesn't have mama's christmas uh, traditions it, there's a lot it doesn't have it's true but there's a lot that's true about the family that was written down. The family is not contained only in what is written. And it's the same thing with God's family, beloved. The truths are not contained in what was written down. Is what written, is written down sufficient for our salvation? Yes, it is. But it's through the Catholic Church, and it's that church that must be obeyed. Must be obeyed. There is no name under heaven under which we must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. And he is not, he's head of his church. He's not truncated. He's not decapitated. The church is his body. And to be in the Catholic Church is to be in the church Christ established, to have the scripture she gave to the world, to have the tradition that was handed down through the apostles, just as in the Old Testament, uh, some was written, the other were the traditions by Moses, not the traditions of men, but what God gave, the oral law. Same thing. And the magisterium, which means the teaching office. It is an error to suppose that the Holy Scripture is the only means intended by Almighty God to communicate to the nations of the earth the truths of revelation. It was the will of God to make use of preaching for the conversion of the world. We didn't have the printing press there once till the 16th century. And 5% in the 14th century, only 5% of the world's population was illiterate. They couldn't have read. And it took a year, a year's salary to write the Bible by hand. The faith was spread through, through um, uh, stained glass windows and preaching. 
it was the will of God to make the use of preaching for the conversion of the world, our Lord said to his disciples, go and teach all nations, not go and write to all nations. Out of the apostles only two wrote, all the rest preached. The apostles themselves were the books of the faithful, said St. Augustine. The apostles themselves were the books of the faithful. And your little children can be books of the faithful if you send them out tonight on All Hallows' Eve. Or go as a family. Go as a family together. Knock on the door together. Children and parents together. All dressed as saints. And say, we come to wish you a blessed All Hallows' Eve and to bring some candy for you and your family or something special. Doesn't have to be candy, but it can be. That's not a problem. The apostles themselves were the books of the faithful. St. Paul tells us that faith cometh by hearing, not from mere books. Teaching by word of mouth corresponds to human needs Everyone prefers to be taught rather than to have to hunt out the truth from books by study. If writings were the only means by which men could arrive at a knowledge of revealed truth, the Christians of the first two centuries would have been at a terrible disadvantage. So too would those who cannot read, as well as the great mass of mankind in the present day who have neither the knowledge nor the capacity to penetrate the meeting the meaning of the written word. Yet it is the will of God that all men should come to a knowledge of the truth, says Paul to Timothy. Holy Scripture soon loses its value in the eyes of those who have not the assurance of the living word that it is truly of divine origin. St. Augustine says, quote, I should not believe the gospel unless the authority of the church moved me to do so, end quote. A truth which the church puts before us as revealed by God is called a truth of faith or a dogma. Either a universal council, that is, one consisting of the bishops of the whole world acting under the authority of the Pope, or the Pope himself has the power to declare a truth to be revealed by God. Thus the Council of Nicaea declared the divinity of our Lord to be an article of faith, and Pope Pius IX declared the Immaculate Conception of the Holy Mother of God in 1854. Thereby no new doctrines were taught, but these truths were declared to have truly been truly revealed by God. They weren't new. They were always believed. There's no new revelation, beloved, after the last apostle. It is the faith once delivered to the saints. But many things that were believed from the beginning, even such as the resurrection of Christ, were declared as infallible by a council of the church. They must be believed. No new doctrines were taught, but these truths were declared to have been truly revealed by God, and thenceforth they became dogmas of the faith. Beloved, there's the music for our second break, and we will take your calls, your texts, your emails. When we come back, we'll have a whole half hour. Call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at 
thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 31st. Today we celebrate Saint Wolfgang of Regensburg. Born in Germany around 924, Wolfgang was educated in a Benedictine abbey known for its outstanding library school. There he met Henry, a young nobleman who had become an archbishop. Wolfgang remained in close contact with Henry and supported his efforts to reform the clergy. At the archbishop's death... Wolfgang entered the Benedictine community. Following his ordination, he was made director of a monastery school at an abbey located in present-day Switzerland. Later, Wolfgang was sent to Hungary as a missionary, where he achieved limited results despite his zeal and goodwill. In 972, Wolfgang was appointed Bishop of Regensburg, near Munich. He devoted himself to reform, especially among clergy. He preached with vigor and effectiveness, and always demonstrated a special concern for the poor. Even as a bishop, he continued to wear the habit of a monk and lived an austere life. The desire for solitude never left him. At one point, he left his diocese to devote himself to prayer, but his responsibilities called him back. Wolfgang died in 994. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. I'm thrilled for it. I always love this time. Our wide, our lines are wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. The, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, I always say, and the toll-free number at one 511 5483. You may text at that number or call in, uh, rather, or uh, email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Deborah, and Deborah says, Dear Mother, I hope you don't mind me asking this. I have asked other people, evangelists, but never receive a reply. Please bear with me. My daughter is now 34. She is very severely autistic and has severe learning difficulties and many other biological issues. She has an intellectual age of two. She quickly regressed mentally after having the MMR vaccine at the age of 13 months. Oh, I'm so sorry. I care for her 24-7, 365 days a week. My question is this. People say 
that unless one declares with their mouth that Jesus is Christ and the Son of God, they will not be saved. You know, um, that sounds very Protestant. It's Romans chapter 10. I understand if you declare, you profess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But um, they're speaking about, uh, there are many circumstances, many people can't speak. What about deaf and dumb people? They can't speak. Um, that's, a, that's a Protestant uh, uh, message. And I, I wonder, Deborah, if you're, I wonder if you're Catholic, because you say, I've asked other people evangelists, but you don't mention a priest or others. So um, I don't know if you're Catholic, but um, Deborah goes on to say, my worry is that because my daughter does not understand conceptual thought or written or spoken language, that she is deemed lost. This is not... This is not Catholic teaching, Deborah. She has been baptized and had her first communion, although she did not understand what she was doing in communion. My personal thought is that God knows her soul and would not reject her. After all, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. She has never had the mental capacity to even begin to understand anything spiritual. I hope you won't mind replying to me. We live in the UK, and I would really appreciate your opinion. Deborah, um, there are things even a two-year-old can understand, and God can apply those to her little heart. You have baptized her, and when a baby is baptized, even immediately if that baby comes from its mother, mother's womb and is 10 minutes old, the, the baby hasn't declared Christ as his or her Lord and Savior. Um, but the sacrament is effectual. It is the parents' faith that are a, through which they are able to baptize that baby, and that baby is indeed baptized, and the stain of original sin is indeed removed from her, and the grace of God is indeed um, uh, put into her. She becomes a child of God, and only mortal sin would rob her of that. She becomes a child of God, and only mortal sin, which is not God rejecting her, but her rejecting God, can rob her of that. God doesn't reject us. We reject him. And so she, the fact that she has no capacity to even reject him might be a great, great grace. I, I don't imagine that any place but heaven is your daughter's destiny. I don't imagine that. She has never committed um, a, an actual sin. She's not responsible for it with her mental state. So in my mind, through baptism, um, she will be in heaven with God. I can't say that definitively because nobody could know that of another soul. But from what you've said, um, she doesn't have the ability. If you hadn't baptized her, that would be a different situation. But you have, and your faith is good. Um, I believe that child will be in heaven. And if there's any doubt, know that the God of the whole world will do what is right. Um, and again, uh, she's been baptized, she's become his child, and there's no way that she has the capacity to turn from him. So I would think she will be in heaven. 
we have a Facebook uh, comment from Maureen. Maureen says, I decided to join a Latin Mass parish when Bishop Olmsted retired, and the Pope sent out Bishop John Dolan from San Diego. from San Diego, California, out here to Phoenix. I've been contemplating on joining a traditional parish, honestly, for years. I do not have a car, and I live with my sister, who does. She prefers the Novus Ordo Mass, and she is always also in the choir at two different Catholic churches. I really love the traditional Latin Mass. I feel like I'm actually worshiping God even though I'm still trying to really understand how to use the 1962 Roman Catholic Missal that I bought. It's great how you can always go to confession if you need to before every Mass. I love that we say the Rosary before Mass also. I love the Leonine prayers at the end of Mass. It is so beautiful. My question is that my sister can only drive me once a month. If I take Lyft or Uber... It ends up being about $80 a week. I really don't want to attend the Novus Ordo Mass again. Does anyone know if it's a sin if I only go once a month to the traditional Latin Mass and skip the Novus Ordo? I was planning on asking the priest as well as soon as possible, but was curious if anyone knew. I also read this on... uh, Seventh Session, Canon 13 of the Council of Trent. The correct Latin translation says, quote, If anyone says that the received and approved rites of the Catholic Church, customarily used in the solemn administration of the sacraments, can be despised or can be freely omitted by the ministers without sin, or can be changed into other new rites by any pastor in the Church, whomsoever let him be anathema. This canon states very clearly, she says, that the Pope, who is the first and supreme pastor, may never change any approved rite of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman rite was fixed forever by Pope St. Pius V in Conum Prenum. Paul VI tried to establish a whole new Roman rite. There is only one Roman rite of the Mass. There cannot be two. Well, no, I'm going to... uh, interrupt your email at the moment. If you go to the traditional Latin Mass using the 1962 Missal, that is not the Mass of Pope Pius V. That is uh, the pre-55 Mass, and it's not the same as the 1962 because changes were made already. So, um, and they are valid. In the profession of faith in the Council of Trent, The following was always professed by the priest being ordained. He promises and vows, I also receive and admit the accepted and approved rites of the Catholic Church in the solemn administration of all the Ephesus sacraments. It is indisputable that according to the previous pronouncements of the Church that the new Mass is illegal and therefore cannot be celebrated or attended. That's not correct. The new Mass is illegal and it is valid. If what you're saying is correct, you could not even celebrate the 1962 Missal because changes were made. Um, you could look up the history of that, Paul the Twelfth. Uh, you can look up, uh, Pius the Twelfth, rather. You can look up the history of the changes in the Latin Mass. So be careful 
drawing quick conclusions because they're not so. The, the Novus Auto is valid. And if you can only go, my dear one, to the traditional Mass once a month, you need to go to the Novus Auto on Sunday uh, or find another Mass nearby that you can go to because it is valid and we are to be at Mass on Sundays. Um, Maybe uh, you can ask someone at that traditional Latin Mass. Maybe someone doesn't live too far from you and they don't, wouldn't mind coming to get you. Um, you know, at least once a month, then you'll go to the Latin Mass twice a month. That may be possible. Call the pastor there. Tell them you can't get there. Uh, would there be anybody in your area that could pick you up and drive you home on a Sunday? Paul from Massachusetts, my friend, how are you? Good morning, Mother Miriam. Hi, dear. I just how? want to express to you this, the reason my call, I was listening, that uh, this coming Wednesday, the vice president, who is as a pro-abortion as you can get, is still, is uh, been invited into Boston for a rally for uh, Mara Healy, who's the Democrat uh, candidate for governor, who's very oddly abortion, uh, and, and is getting tons of money from Planned Parenthood. And so yeah. they're going to be, I think, down on the Boston Common, they're going to be uh, assembling troops to kind of ramp up the uh, ramp up the, the, the spirits, quote unquote, uh, to get them to you know support women's reproductive freedom, yeah. which is one of the gravest lies of abortion. I don't have of to course. tell you, you're, I'm preaching the choir about That's that. Right. Mm-hmm. And what troubles me above all about this is that. I live in a state which is as blue as you can get. And when I meet people from outside of my state, from like Rhode Island and New York and New Jersey and other states where there's, where there's corruption, uh, I tell them, I look at them, I stop them right in the track and say, you haven't experienced corruption in, in a state like you, if you, like there is in Massachusetts. In fact, mm-hmm. I, the example I do not to digress is that from, from a 15 year period from about 1979 to 1994, we had four, uh, 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 speakers of the House in the Massachusetts legislature in that time, in that window, mother. Three of them went to jail, and and you know, and I could go on and on, but that's not this in the forum for. But I just want to like pray for these poor misguided mm-hmm. souls that mm-hmm. are accepting all this garbage, this liberal rubbish that the, yeah. the abortion industry is pulling out. And we certainly got to pray also on the same token for the people in Michigan who are going through that prop proposal three. I'm sure you've heard about it. You may it's have awful. read about it. I mean, it is so draconian and so far-reaching and so incendiary, Mother. I can't even come up with adjectives beyond that to describe it. You know, these people, we have to, we know that one of the core beliefs of our faith is to love the sinner and hate the sin and the evil that's in the world. So we have to to ask God's mercy and the healing love of Jesus Christ and his gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and certainly the many, many intercessions of our Blessed Mother to, to have mercy on these poor women that are being misguided and misled. And, and to pray and, and, for and, these you know, pray for these people, these politicians that have been captivated by evil. Pray for their conversion. Mm-hmm. We need to have, I, I, all I can say, when I meet people like that, I never confront them, I never argue with them because they're, they're, we, we're right and we know they're wrong, but we have to pray for, the, for God's mercy upon them that they have a conversion. All I have to do to them is say, St. Paul and read the Acts of the Apostles chapter, is it 7 uh, or is it 9? Uh, uh, Paul's it's chapter 7, I believe, that details in, in depth all of the, what led up to Paul's conversion. Yeah, 9. Uh, uh-huh. from, 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 you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. all you have to do is a St. Paul conversion. That's right. That's right. Good for you, Paul. God bless you. And, and I would just say, um, 
you know, Gideon with 300 men defeated thousands. So everyone in Massachusetts, get out there and vote. Vote for life, everyone. And if you're a Catholic, if you're Catholic and you don't vote for life, you are in mortal sin. If you are Catholic and you vote for the reproductive freedom of reproductive rights for women, which enable them to go against the law of God, which says thou shalt not kill, you are in mortal sin. That's very, very serious. It has not to do with what you think or your opinion. It has to do with what God has said. Absolutely. Thanks, dear one. There's the music for our break, beloved. Um, We'll be right back and have about 10 minutes. And uh, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. You may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com and text at the number as well. We have our friend Kurt from Boston on the phone. Hello, my brother. Hey, Mother. How are you? I'm terrific. How about yourself? Well... Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Michael J. Matt for the Remnant newspaper. I have not only heard of him, I love him. Oh, I love him, too. I used to get his subscription, which I'm going to be getting now again. Um, He exposes everything. But what I'd like to bring up is I went down to Planned Parenthood on Saturday morning in the Boston area. And I'll give you an idea of what's going on. Um, We have Kurt. I love you. And you tell wonderful stories when you call in, but we have so many people we can't get to. So let me ask you, dearest one, um, to to come to the point of your call. I'm so sorry to cut you short, but um, I want to be fair to others as well. My, my, my point is, is this. I went down there. There were four women, two guys, and there was somebody going into the um, clinic, if you want to call it that. And um, this guy basically threatened everybody there, knocked down two guys, two watered everybody, and basically said, I'm going to kill all of you. And um, the police showed up, and they never arrested the guy. It was on tape. And, you know, it's funny because I basically said a small prayer to St. Benedict before I got out of the car, and that's what I faced. But, uh, you know, we said our rosary, and then we left. But... Just wanted to give you an idea of the atmosphere that's going on in Boston. Oh, I, I understand. Thanks, Kurt. God bless you, dear one. We're going to take an email from Laura. Laura writes, Hello, Mother. You are not only a blessing to this traditional Catholic homeschooling mom of 12, but you are my friend, keeping me company late at night while I'm doing farm and household chores before I finally get to bed. How beautiful, Laura. Um, Quick question, she writes. We finally arrived home at our traditional Latin parish just over a year ago. The scales dropped from our eyes to the truth and worship we had been seeking in Novus Ordo parishes for the for years and of course never found. My husband snowplows over the winter, self-employed in our small landscaping company. He plows two Novus Ordo parishes a good distance from our farm. One pastor has been kind enough to allow him a room to stay in the rectory overnight on snowy days so he doesn't have to drive such a distance from here to get to those two parishes far from us. My problem is, while quite righteously angry at how much we had been denied the fullness of our Catholic faith in worship all these years in Novus Ordo, the Latin Mass Parish is a decent drive from home, and I'm afraid to drive that far in the snow, especially with all of my kids, seven of whom are still at home. I'm afraid to drive all that way alone for Sunday Mass when he's not home. Am I obligated to go to our local Novus Ordo parish because it would be a sin to miss Mass when we so strongly believe we need our family to only worship in the Latin Mass, I stress already before winter is upon us. 
It happened twice last winter, and we watched a Latin Mass, kneeling and praying as we always do, but in our family room. Can you please give me guidance in this matter? I don't want to sin, lead our kids to sin, or offend God. Please help me. Thank you for all you do. May God abundantly bless you sincerely. Your late-night friend, Laura in Ohio. Hi, late-night friend. Well, I have, I have two thoughts. Number one, you should go to the Novus Ordo um, uh, parish. Um, unless there's tremendous abuses and God is really dishonored, the, the Eucharist is valid. And um, I would say, yes, it's a suffering, but I think you should go um, because it's valid. Um, and you'll teach your children that we obey God um, even when we need to do things that are not exactly as we would have them. We don't go our own way because they're not as we wish them. We still obey God and don't miss a Sunday Mass. Of course, the solution would be that your husband does not have a job of plowing a Nova Soto church and not being home on Sunday. It's more important for him to, do, to make sure he's home with the family to go to the Latin Mass with you, to go to any Mass with you on Sunday. Um, if you're so poor and you absolutely need those two snowplow jobs, um, well, then it has to be. But I would say for him to gain other jobs and for you to take on ironing or washing or work at home that could supplement uh, the work of those Novus Ordo parishes so that your husband can be home. If he's able to drive... Let him be home. Even if you go to the Novus Ordo Parish, he should be home on Sunday. I would do everything you can to make that possible. Um, Mary says, can you please update us on Medjugorje? I cannot, Mary. I haven't been looking at it. I don't know what's going on. I have not heard any pronouncements that it's been accepted uh, by the Holy Father. Um, so... Um, I don't. I, I by the last I heard, Pope Francis uh, has not forbid people to go, but has not made a pronouncement on the um, uh, miracles or so so-called miracles. So I can't do that, dear Mary. I'd have to look it up online, which um, perhaps you could do as well. We have an email from Vicky. And Vicki says, good evening, Mother Miriam. I listen to your podcast whenever I'm driving at the time your show is on and have found it very interesting. Thank you, Vicki. She says, could you please explain something for me? How can it be possible for Mary to be God's mother? Mary was a human being, correct? God has been infinitely before us and infinitely after us, right? Thus, by his very nature, he was in existence before Mary. That's right. I know and believe she is the mother of Jesus, but it would seem impossible for her to be the mother of God. And I'm struggling to understand this. Thank you for your time, Vicki. Vicki, we have uh, only a minute or so left, so I'm going to try to answer this very quickly for now. At the Council of Ephesus, I think 426, I have to confirm that, um, it was the Arian heresy on the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. Was he... Uh, fully God? Was he fully man? Was he both? Some people claimed that he did not have a divine nature and only had a human nature and so forth. 
and they went back and forth. And to solve it, they named Mary. They didn't come out with a pronouncement on Jesus. They named Mary, in Greek, Theotokos, which means God-bearer. Well, if Mary was the bearer of God, her son is God. And we know, I know you believe that Jesus is the son of God and God the son. You believe that Jesus Christ is the third person or the second person of the Blessed Trinity, that he is God. He's not uh, 50% God and 50% man. He's 100% of both. He's 100% man and 100% God. And because Mary is his mother, she gave birth to the Savior, who is God? She's not mother of the Trinity. She's mother of God because she's the mother of Jesus. Who is God? I hope that helps, dear Vicki. Mary is the mother of God, Theotokos, the God-bearer. Jesus is God. And so she is God's mother. That's how, Vicki. I hope that helps some. God bless you. God bless all of you. And God willing, will be with you tomorrow on the Holy day of all souls, um, or all saints, rather. <laughs> See you then. God bless you.